for being here. When I reached out to you um, and asked you, it was like, yeah, sure. And I can only imagine how busy you are in these times. I can only imagine that how that's changed a little bit for you, the work that you have, are having to do now that we're online and within this pandemic. But I just thank you so much. You know, I followed you on Twitter for a bit. Most people ask the question, so I'll answer it already. Most people say, well, how did you ask me? And I just- Oh yeah, much- yeah. That is a good question though. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Yeah, most people do. And I mean, it's only right. And Coach Daniels, he's on here, you know, and I consider him a mentor of mine and coaching and down here in Tallahassee. And one of the things I tell him, I tell everybody else, truly, I just let God move. And I pay attention just to not only what people are doing, but that they walk what they talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that you, you exude that from all the endeavors that you're doing. And I just knew that in this time, in the time of progression and time of faith and the time of women empowerment that you would just be amazing so i'm so glad you're here you know ladies and gentlemen shannon is you know the ceo of her own company swag sports she has been um, an agent for um athletes and she also is the host of her own show uh rules to the game and so i'm just so glad to have you here to just kind of pick you know your brain and talk and hear of your faith journey and just anything else that you're wanting to share with us today so i just thank you so much for being here and i'm gonna go ahead and pass the torch to you Okay, thank you. So, so really quick. Um, so, is it okay for me to get into a little background, just a little context, real quick for everyone? Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay, great. So, um, hi everybody. I am uh, Shannon Michelle. Thanks for having me. Um, and to give you a little background of who I am, where I'm from. I'm 26 years old. I'm from a city called Oxon Hill, right in Prince George's County, Maryland, right outside of DC. Um, and I am alumni of, I'm an HBCU alumni of North Carolina Agriculture and Technical State University, Aggie Pride, um, with a bachelor's in accounting. So I've been a sports management professional for about five years now, um, but I like to say my sports career began a long time ago when I first started playing basketball and soccer at about three years old. Um, so in addition to um, being an agent, um, I also proudly serve as a mentor and a youth soccer coach uh, to high school girls and then also from a mentorship perspective, girls fourth through 12th grade. So I'm trying to get younger girls to kind of start um, helping them and guiding them um, before they get to high school. Um, so let's just go ahead and get into my story. Um, it'll really kind of help me express you know where my faith comes from and where that foundation comes from for me um so i did mention i grew up playing sports Um, my family is very high energy sports fan type of family um very competitive but we all love watching and or playing sports so that foundation and genuine love for the game has always been inside of me Um, i played soccer competitively through high school and basketball competitively through high school and college Um, I did pretty well there, um, both high school and college as far as championships, Um, but all of these experiences played a role in how I developed my personal relationship with Christ and really grew from it. Um, Because aside from being raised in a household of believers, you know, I also went to private school. I grew up in private schools, Christian schools, but I truly didn't feel that my personal relationship with Christ came until I started um, really self-reflecting and getting into my own journey when I got to high school. So um, I can talk a little bit about my business, um, but, but that foundation has been key to really helping me stay grounded um, and focused now as an adult and a leader and a business owner. Um, so after I graduated from college, I had, like many people who want to get into the sports industry, applied for multiple jobs and um, different positions in both finance and sports. Um, I applied for a lot of different agencies as well. Um, but I couldn't get a call back or even an internship opportunity, um, which can be very discouraging, especially fresh out of college, you know. And sometimes that leads to postgraduate depression. Um, I, I did not, um, slip into depression, but I do have, you know, friends and colleagues that really struggled with that 
finding placement after school. Um, so at these time and times, I feel like I had failed or I was disappointing my parents or something of that nature. And it's amazing that it was only five years ago because at that time I didn't know that God had closed those doors so he could build me a new one. You know, I was trying to step into a lane that was already created, um, trying to get an internship, start at an agency, work my way up um, that way. So it's the road less traveled, uh, what I'm doing now. Um, but a year later, I took a chance and bet on myself and I created my own path. Um, a lot of the issue was I didn't have business experience in the sports industry, so I had to create it. So um, that's, yes, so I wanted to repeat that one more time. <laughs> God closed those doors <laughs> for me so he can build me a brand new one. Um, and so that gave me the strength to create my own path and get my industry experience. And also gave me the freedom to express um, and create and kind of just build a structure around what I wanted to do that allowed me to still serve and still um, keep God at the center, um, but also be in the sports industry and, and find a way to help and build my platform, which is primarily focused on opportunities for women in sports, um, female athletes at every age. So when it comes to servant leadership, I feel like it's involved in everything that I do. And I'm glad that you, um, kind of focus on that because uh, they're all leaders do not lead with the servants mentality. And I think that is key to why I can be so genuine and connect and be relatable to clients or to my kids when I'm coaching or even just with colleagues. Um, it allows me to stay true to myself and I'm just a servant at heart. So I think that that's a part of God's purpose for me as well. So um, let's move a little forward with hoops and high heels. So I don't know if I mentioned this, but <laughs> so I also, um, I'm the CEO of Swag Sports, but I also have a nonprofit organization called Hoops and High Heels Incorporated. And I wanted to bring that up because that is really how I started. Um, and uh, the purpose was to inspire and mentor young girls, um, giving them another platform um, for youth athletics, but also um, sports has always been my vessel, but my passion has always been children, working with the youth, and more importantly, <laughs> working with uh, young girls, because that's a reflection of me, and that is something that I'm very passionate about. So a year later, I became the youngest team owner in the women's ABA, and that's a pro league. Um, the women's side just started about 2017. So that's when um, I kind of purchased the team and then went to storm the Maryland Jewels who started playing in 2018. I have to credit um, my tenacity and resilience to that experience because not just because I was the youngest team owner or am credited for being the youngest team owner, but because of all the tests and the twists and turns that came with that. Um, that was, like I said, I grew up in a sports family. I had a successful athletic career. I was used to winning, you know? So it tested my patience. It tested my faith because I experienced ageism on certain levels. Um, I was, a lot of doors were closed when I first got into the industry because I'm coming back home. Um, but people remember me as the player. And then also, I'm, I think, 23 at the time. So <laughs> um, trying to push past the perception that was already on me, not that it was a negative perception, but it wasn't the perception of someone who could run a team or you know, who could be a business professional. And so I really had to get past my mindset, which was um, listening too much to everyone else's opinion of how I should run this team, what I should be doing um, to get ahead. Cause I didn't play those type of games. I'm very direct and genuine with my approach. So um, a lot of times I was struggling to get gym space, struggling to get team support, community support. 
because the competing um, in local businesses or the competing professionals in the same industry as me um, were just older and also they were men. So it was automatically, you know, they had that relationship already with a lot of the people that I would say, I guess, gatekeepers, they tend to lean towards the people they're more familiar with. And so my mom told me that God will always make your enemies your footstool. And that's the one thing she said that stuck with me. Um, and it helped me kind of just keep pushing and keep reminding myself that I'm on a path that is unique to my own. I do not have your your cookie cutter resume for a, a team owner, right? And when, you, when it comes to years of experience, I'm learning as I go, but I'm taking a chance on myself because I need to build this experience so that I can become an agent and build this sports management platform to highlight more women in sports and further push my purpose and agenda. So lo and behold, I say all that to say, <laughs> um, whenever I meet people now, it's amazing because it's only been five years and it feels like yesterday I was just banging down doors um, and being told no millions of times, but being able to stay grounded and, and work my faith through my, my hard work um, was kind of the, the thing that kept me going. So for me, when I say faith, I mean prayer really, really has to be incorporated in everything I do. Um, whether it's just before I speak or before I have to go to a game or something, right? So when it's not even just prayer, keeping my spiritual alignment with God active and present, I can always feel when I'm not on point or when I'm not aligned um, inside because I'm more stressed, I'm very anxious, you know, and it, it gives me the, the fear, you know, that I, that, I don't want, you know, because that takes away the confidence that I need to have to be successful, especially in this industry. So one of the strongest things that I do is work on that faith and just believing in myself. So this is a fast paced industry. And I know you've been following me for a while, Chelsea. <laughs> And you see like it's moving, like it's so many things. One day I'll be posting about a documentary I'm working on. The next day I'm posting about a client that I just got signed. It's so fast paced and sometimes it can be so cutthroat. I have to remember in this fast moving industry, it's so important for me to stay grounded and just stay in tune with myself and stay focused on my goals and God's purpose. And I want to leave with you know, before we get into Q&A, I want to leave with this one um, piece. I like Robert Greene, right? So I read a lot of Robert Greene books. Um, he has this quote about failure. And I always have it um, listed as one of my favorite quotes because that was one of my struggles. That was a lot of one of my faith struggles, right? Especially coming out of college, trying to sort my way through the industry and figure out my place and my purpose and how I was going to serve against all odds. So I'm gonna read it real quick, sorry. <laughs> there are two kinds of failure. The first comes from never trying out your ideas because you are afraid or because you are waiting for the perfect time. This kind of failure you can never learn from and such timidity will destroy you. The second kind comes from a bold and venturesome spirit. If you fail in this way, the hit that you take to your reputation is greatly outweighed by what you learn. Repeated failure will toughen your spirit and show you with absolute clarity how things must be done. So I no longer look at success or failure. I look at, am I influencing and inspiring women positively? Am I achieving my goal? Um, as being a platform for female athletes and being an advocate in that way. And that is what brings me the most joy. <laughs>
You know, it's so funny. I'm sitting here and I know you were kind of peeking at the chat a little bit. We tend to do that. Um, it's our way of communicating with one another while you're speaking. Um, okay. And I think we all can say it's just like there's this peace and meekness within you that as you speak, we're all just like in a very Zen mode, you know, the purity of your heart. Um, Coach Huff had a quote down here that he placed in here and he oh. said, um, ordinary minds don't and won't understand extraordinary hearts. And it was just so evident by when you're speaking, you know, those, those tests and trials that kind of come. And when you were speaking, there was something, uh, I was a little bit right down the road from you. I was at Livingstone College. All right. Oh. So I, yeah, HBCU pride here as well. But I uh, recently uh, did a project with so many, so many of your fellow Aggie Pride alum. And when you mentioned your um, nonprofit uh, hoops um, and heels, mm-hmm. I, I immediately opened this book to a line that God gave me. And I was just sitting here smiling. And basically it said, and being an HBCU queen, the tools and lessons I learned allowed me to aim as high as my heels, but remain as humble and grounded as my crossover. And so when you said that, I just immediately was like, oh my God, like God has a way of just kind of speaking to us and through us in the right way. And there's so many great things that you said, but as they know here, I try to kind of save mine to the end and give them a chance because I can go, I can go and you down. So I'm going to back up for a minute and I'm going to open up. You guys know how it is. Any questions or anything you have for? How do I get, how do I see the uh, chat? How do I see Uh, on the bottom you see chat but they're going to ask you too but on the bottom of your panel do you see your chat icon at all okay here i see it i see it now okay perfect but they'll they'll unmute and ask you as well so you won't have to boom 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 so we'll open it up any questions that you have for uh for shannon I'd be like legit trying to see if they they have something first because y'all know I'm about to let them rip. So, okay, I've given them a chance to kind of groove up. But the one thing that I had and just kind of hear you speak of all the endeavors that you have, everything that you have your hand in, yet you still remain so meek. How do you stay organized with your hands in so many different elements? How do you stay organized with all of that going on? Um, Prioritizing. And uh, I have a lot of calendars. <laughs> I have a lot of calendars, a lot of reminders. Um, and then also everything is not in busy season at the same time. So right now, you know, from an agent's perspective, right now we're trying to get people overseas if they're so interested in going right now or um, recruiting um, for the Maryland Jewels team, so for the ABA. But uh, our WABA season was canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. However, on a normal year, right now we'd be in season. Um, So that would take priority, but in off season for that, I have already been planning the year for hoops and high heels or the year for swag sports or or whatever it is that I want to accomplish. So we can be in season and I can still have a community event on a calendar. And also um, because they're all three under my umbrella, I. I can collaborate a lot so I can make things um, dual purpose. And so we can have a community event or have someone come and speak um, before a game, or we can have our players help volunteer at one of my youth camps or or something of that nature. So it's always a way to kind of uh, keep everything aligned because they're serving the same purpose, just to different age groups, a different demographic. Um, So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Like I just, have to take the year and break it out based on um, what the need is. Understood. And then, you know, thinking about that, and you actually hit on what my next question was going to be. You talk about how a lot of people are trying to get overseas now and things like that. How do you, understanding your faith and understanding your background and your beliefs and what your moral, you know, compass is, how Mm -hmm. do you determine which projects and which clients you will or won't take on? Mm, I'm actually going through this right now. So 
my inbox is flooded with uh, prospects that are looking to get overseas opportunities. And um, I'm just very transparent with everyone. So if I have five sets of resumes and highlight tape to go through, but I keep I'm steady getting emails, I just let everyone know that, um, that to give me time and I just gauge it. So sometimes I'll say, you know, uh, give me about two weeks or give me about three. Um, it's very important to kind of manage those expectations because I don't, don't want to, one, I don't want to just sign everyone who asks, right? Because I'm still very um, fresh in the game and I'm very particular about how I want to do business. And so I want to make sure that I give every client um, the same amount of time and energy um, to help them get overseas or achieve their goals. So I'm just very transparent with them. I, I let them know, you know, hey, thanks for reaching out. Um, I have a lot of prospects to review this week. Just give me about two weeks and I'll get back to you. And we can set up an interview. We can set up a phone call to kind of talk more and see if we'd be a good fit. Um, and I just kind of go from there. But from a um, spiritual standpoint, I also really like to have those interviews and those phone calls. Right now they're all virtual, but um, it's something about a person's energy. And so if I, if I don't feel that as well, then I may not select you. You still may be talented, but you may not be for me or for my agency, um, because I do want everyone that's a part of my platform to be a reflection of that. So it, it's really important because I've had so many bad experiences with just getting into good business with the wrong people and it can go left. So, you know, just being very thorough and transparent with them, but that energy does, does something different, especially when you're constantly in prayer and you're just in tune. That's why I really think I have to, you know, stay in tune with the Lord and stay, stay grounded in that way so that I don't focus so much on the dollar signs, but on the person, the character of the person that I'm representing. Because the success will come. <laughs> dropping nuggets while I'm trying to take something down and I think it was amazing is you know a lot of times I tweeted today and I said if God doesn't want me to have it I don't want it plain and simple like how am I going to sit here and argue with perfection people hear me say all the time and it's something that I've trademarked is trust perfection and actually uh one of my sisters uh Shanika I used to say it all the time if I put something on social media I would say hashtag trust trust perfection and I was talking to a coach that's on here often about it with my mom. And we were just saying like, and, and sometimes you have to sit in your mind and say, think about it. What is perfection? Well, I mean, it's perfection. I'm like, you can't define it with the word, you know? And my mom said, it's flawless. So how can I sit here and want something that God's saying, no, that's not for me. And when you put that dollar signs don't matter. It, I don't care what the dollar signs attached to it. If that's not fitting or setting with God's balance or role for my life, I don't want it. And I think when we get to that place, energy is so huge. You know, I was telling somebody the other day and they were like, oh my God. I said, here's the thing you have to understand, just like taste buds. I said, everything is not for my palate. Everything is not for my spiritual palate. And when you get in that place, and like you said, that balance with God, a lot of times we can't do that because we don't have that balance with God, that relationship with God. And so I think it's, it's so huge what you just said when you said, you know, I can't look at the dollar signs. I have to actually pay attention to what God would have me to do. And I think that's huge in this business. So many people chase the dollar signs. So many times people chase these opportunities without consulting God. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I admire most about you because no matter in this business and industry that you're in, that can be cutthroat. You're like, mm-mm. I got to, nope, I have to consult God. And I think that's so huge. So huge. Thank you. Yeah, I, I definitely um, make it a priority because like I said, I mean, even if you look at some documentaries or you talk to other people in the industry, um, it, it can go left quickly. Um, not to say you won't reach success focusing on the dollar signs, but it's just not the ideal way because to me the way I see it is if I focus too much on um, how much money this person can make for me I lose sight of my purpose um, and like I said sports is just the vessel right for me for me to serve and and influence and inspire others so um, I just don't want to get caught up in that and, and turn and then it can turn into greed and then it can turn into making bad deals or making partnerships with the wrong people. 
you know, so absolutely. And then I also am a firm believer that he puts um, certain people in your orbit for a reason. Um, so there are always angels around me that I don't, when I don't even know it. And I just really, really trust in that and trust that the right players will come. <laughs> I think it's amazing. And one of the other things that you talked about is energy. And I'm so huge about that. Some people don't get it and they take it the wrong way. But as you get older and you grow spiritually, mm -hmm. God will. And you have to trust your gut when he gives it to you. Sometimes somebody could come in my space and I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. And there's something that you've done. There's a, it's just, it's like my spiritual palate. Everything don't go. I don't eat tomatoes. It doesn't agree with me. Some people look at me and say, that's crazy. But that doesn't agree with my palate. So what would <laughs> be any different with my spiritual palate? No, and I love you from a distance, but I know that that's God's way, like you said, of placing me in, a, you know, protecting me from an avenue I shouldn't, you know, go down a roll with. So I just love that you put that there. And, you know, it's so funny when you talk about what your grandmother and your mother used to tell you about God will make your enemies your footstool. And I've heard that so well, and, and it is so true. It's so true. And the biggest thing and extension that I always say Sometimes we hear scripture over and over again, right? The same scriptures over and over again, but we don't really pay attention to what they mean. And the, the portion will, were of the, the so understood scripture where it says, he'll prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I tell people this all the time where, yes, he'll make our enemies our footstools, but when he turns it around and prepares that table before you in the presence of your enemies, it's not for us to be like, see, told you. It's for him to get the glory and for him to show us that if you trust in me and follow you, these people, those same people that are praying on your downfall, now when they're at that table, it's our turn to show them the Christ in us. And so I love so much that you say that because it's the truth. It is so the truth in servant leadership. And it's so hard. I say this as coaches and leaders trying to do what God would have us to do versus those that do what they want to do. And it seems like they're winning. But at the end of the day, they're not winning. They're not winning. Your time is coming. And so I think that it's so huge to put that out there. All right, y'all. Y'all know I can go. Coach Paul? Okay. Yeah. So the first thing is thank you for, for doing what you do, empowering young people. And, and you know, as a, as, a, as a black woman in a, in a tough field, I appreciate that because I'm a high school counselor and, and and I tell students all the time, you have to dream. The world needs the world's the world needs people like you, Shannon, who are who are out there not just dreaming but doing and kind of setting a path for other people to follow. And 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 the biggest thing for me was, and I made this I put that in the chat, is it's so evident that your faith, that your life is your is is your message. And so the strong message is powerful and it's mm -hmm. and humble at the same time. But you know the more we can get young women and young minority women, I think to, to or, or all of us need to dream. But that example of you said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm young, but here we go. And you, and you have that faith and the trust that, that God's going to leave you and, and lead you. And, and, and you're letting him, you're letting him lead you by, by what you do. So again, thank you because um, our world needs young people, um, and all of us to keep dreaming and not just dreaming, but doing and, and set an example. I love what you, you talk about being an influence and, and inspiration to other people. I mean, all of us, I mean, hopefully that's as Christians, that's what we're, we're doing wherever, right. wherever, wherever we're at. So again, thank you and, and keep doing that. And it, it's, it's, um, it's a great message for all of us. I appreciate it. And, and to kind of add to that, that's, that's one of the, reasons I really felt important for me to keep going um, because there are different paths, but sometimes you don't go down that, you know, tradi the traditional lane to get into the business side of sports. You may not get that internship or, you know, the opportunity to shadow someone, or you may not have a friend who's a pro athlete or who's connected with a coach or something like that. So, um, having the confidence to create your own um it was was challenging but to your point it's very important to kind of show that to other young girls or young people in general that you don't have to follow the traditional path if it is not the one set for you 
create your own or try try to um, find other ways to still get the experience, but get in the room. Sorry, I was writing. I'm telling you, you don't know, like you're just like an automatic nugget machine. Um, <laughs> I have, oh my goodness, I have so many, and I'm glad that Coach Paul and yourself touched on that, you know, because I'm immediately while you're talking and immediately when I reach out to you, I'm thinking about my nieces and nephews and, and, and my goddaughters. And I, I'm thinking about all these things and my, my girls, my babies that play ball for me and that I teach. I'm thinking about all of that. And I think it's exactly what you said. That's what I wrote down. You said, don't follow the traditional path if it's not for you. And so many times, and we know this to be true, that social media dictates a lot of what our young ladies perceive. Men too, but because he just talked about, you know, just the, the WBM watching them and those ladies. And it's such a power move. You know, um, Kamala Harris receiving the VP uh, bid from, um, uh, Joe Biden and, and praying, paying attention to all of these things and paying attention to now you, Shannon Michelle, and all of these things and understanding that everything is not for you. Because you see it out there, that doesn't define you and you have to be in a place that, you know, we talk about a spiritual journey here, consulting God and getting that balance. But even outside of that, just knowing yourself enough and knowing your self-worth. And we don't celebrate that enough. I see it every day where young ladies are just trying to find their way. And nine times out of 10, when they're trying to find that way and they don't have that you know, support or that role model there for them, they're going to go to the left more times than they come back and circle back and go to the right. So I'm so thankful that you said that and saying, having the confidence to create your own. Yeah. That, and I think that's so big. And the pandemic has kind of showed us all of that, you know. So I guess my question or comment to let you kind of expound on is if, if you're talking and they will listen, I'm telling you right now, like my nieces, they listen. Um, in particular, my niece who's about to be nine in uh, what, six days? And she's a ball player. She's a STEM queen like her auntie. Um, what would you say to our young people our young women, you know, importantly expounded upon that, having a confidence to, you know, create your own in a world where, unfortunately, is being overshadowed by, you know, things that may not push you towards that. Right. Um, so I first, you know, had to really ex go through this when I was um, coaching uh, high school soccer, right? Uh, being around about 15 girls who reminded me of myself in all different ways. And uh, I, I wasn't as in tune to social media. It wasn't as popular, you know, when we were growing up. So um, I just noticed from there, it's a, it's a need um, to kind of be there in person for um, young ladies because they depend a lot on what society tells them they can and can't do. They depend a lot on the approval of social media or of their friends or, um, you know, somebody that they're looking to for validation. And um, what's important to tell young girls, even at their age, is it's important to seek approval from no one and trust in God. And, and when it comes to knowing yourself, you have to take the time to get to know who you are before you really can speak about what's for you and what's not for you. Um, but it starts at that young age of social media is a great tool. Um, it's a great marketing tool. It's great for networking. It's great um, for entertainment purposes and business purposes. But when it comes to your personal journey, who you are, having the confidence to pursue whatever your dream is, whatever industry that is, whatever profession that is. Young ladies, you have to just focus on you. Stay in your lane. When it comes to um, timelines, don't compare yourself to what, you know, what this young lady's doing over here or, wow, she got that, she got that fast or she's playing on this team. You know, like focus on your goal. What do you want to do? And it's important to even, even have a support system at that age. Um, 
befriend people who are like-minded. Um, try and try and start that early. Um, then it's less that you have to unlearn when you get older. <laughs> uh, so that's that's really something that I, I would tell the, the young girls. Um, it's as simple as just focusing on yourself. Even if, you know, one of my players um, was down before because uh, she wanted to play college soccer, right? And uh, she didn't end up, she didn't end up trying out. Um, but her, at first, her hesitation was based on if her friends were going to play or if anybody she knew was going to play. Um, and I just told her, what makes you happy? What is it that you like to do? And if, if you like to play soccer or if you like to um, play any sport or you want to be an astronaut, for all I care, if it's something that you want to pursue, do not wait on your friends to tell you that it's cool. Do not wait on your friends to tell you that it's okay, that it's fine. No, trust in your own path and your journey. It's, it's very important. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hey. Um, I you hit it right on the head for me. Um, you know, I'm going through a time right now where I'm uh coach football. Um, and at times, you know, I get a little not depressed, but I kind of Look at other people's success sometimes and kind of always wonder, you know, why that's not going for me. Um, and I even have a friend, and it's like, wow, like that, you know, he only been coaching two years and he got that gig. And here I am on, going on year 10. And, you know, I still haven't, you know, not really found that big job, but just I really haven't got the job that I've really been, you know, been inspiring to be. And I think just sometimes, you know, I have to like peel back and kind of tell myself what I'm doing it for, you know, and, you know, and know that, you know, I got into, I got into the business to change lives. And yes, I would love the coach for, you know, an NFL team or, major power five D one, but I have to, you know, just kind of sit back and think, all right, look, you know what you're doing, know your wife and know everything will be okay. So I just wanted to tell you that you hit it right on the head and thank you for sharing. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I've, I've felt that way at times as well. So that that's why I'm so adamant about it because it, it, you have to be intentional with it. So as you continue to, coach and go through your career it, it still may come up again but if you're intentional about you know your purpose and knowing that you're doing it because you love it and you're changing lives and you're making an impact um you you can't fail in my eyes you know it's so funny I'm glad he said something because as you were talking about that I immediately uh that's actually one of my really good friends we coached together for and that's my goddaughter's father um, and that's, so when I speak of those young ladies, that, that that's what I hear in my head. And so when you started speaking about timing and, you know, waiting and on you know, the right things and making the right de decisions, I immediately was like, okay, McKay, where, where are you? So I'm glad he, he popped in for that. And I, I do believe that things happen in God's appointed time. Um, and everything, I couldn't write it fast as you were speaking. That's why I was like, hold on. Um, but I think it's so huge for us in servant leadership. One of the things that you said that really poked out to me, you said, in a fast-paced industry, I have to make sure that I stay with God's purpose. And I think that's so huge, you know, in all of our facets of our lives. I was having a phone call this morning with someone, and, you know, he asked me the question. He said, you know, in everything that you do, you're a teacher, you're a coach, especially at the high school level where there's rules setting place for things that you can or cannot say, that you have to censor things that you believe or say outwardly. And one of the things I said to him kind of branched off from Coach Paul and our conversations a lot is just simply, you know, in the midst of these social injustices, in the midst of all of these things that are going on, 
there's nothing new under the sun. The word tells us that. But now, because we've had a spiritual pause, because we have no choice but to sit here and pay attention to the same thing, it's more prevalent to those that may have missed it or didn't want to look at it. And one of the things that Coach Paul now talked about is the simple fact it all stems back and goes back to God and his teachings, which are to love your neighbor. Um, mm -hmm. And when I hear you say that even in this fast-paced industry, and we know it, we know it to be true, that sometimes things glitter. And as they say, everything that glitters isn't gold it, in the midst of that. That does not always seem the case. And so, you know, I thank you so much just for highlighting that because it is. There's that job that we want as coaches and just like Coach McKay said that we want. And sometimes that's not for us. There's that, the, you know, those clients that you may want to, you know, put on your docket. And sometimes that's just not for us. And so I thank you so much for highlighting that and paying attention to all those, you know, servant leadership attributes that you display. So the question that I ask every single person that comes on here and the very reason and the basis for this platform is understanding all your endeavors. What would you say out of Shannon the Shell's eyes? What does servant leadership or how do you define servant leadership? From your standpoint? Um, so I would say it, it, it all crosses over into just how I live my life in general. Um, but I would say for me, servant leadership is literally about how I can help you be your best self, how I can bring the best out of you. Um, and, and that's that's what I love to do. That's what I'm passionate about doing. And that's a lot of times what helps me in my leadership because I'm not focused on how will this make me look or how will this benefit me financially? Um, but I'm more so focused on that person's journey um, and how I can be a part of it, but not just to be there, to exist in their world, but how I can be an asset, how I can add value to their perspective. That's something that probably um, would be the, the highest uh, priority for me. How can I add value to your perspective, but also how can I bring out the best in you and, and put you in the breast light? It's amazing. I, I love that. And immediately when you did that, one of my favorite songs, because it truly is a, a soundtrack to a servant leader. Like if they were to put a soundtrack together or I've been on Family Feud before. So if it were the number one answer on Family Feud, it would simply be what would be the song for the servant leader? And it's if I can help somebody, then my living should not be in vain. And it says exactly what you just said. If I can help somebody as I travel along. If I can help somebody with a word or a song, if I can help somebody from doing wrong, no, my living should not be in vain. And I think that's so amazing at what you say, you know, in your industry, definitely. And in our facets of our lives as leaders, there's so many times that we know that the decisions that we make, it's not going to bring out the better, the better men of somebody else. It's not going to bring out the best of somebody else. And sometimes we'll still make the decision to do it because it advances us. And so I love when you said, you know, basically bringing out the value in others and the value in their perception. And, and, and I love that because that's sometimes and a lot of times missed in what we do. Is the doable for all that we lead or is it just favorable for me? And so, you know, I just thank you so much because immediately that's what I go to. Me too, Coach Huff. That's one of my favorite songs. I'm telling you. Um, yeah. Because it's so true. It's so true in all that we do. No matter what we do, servant leader should be literally right there on that first line. Regardless if I'm a doctor, a lawyer, I was talking to you at Alum of Livingstone the other day who will be talking to us next month. And he's actually a D2 All-American. And now, you know, it's funny. People say, why didn't you go pro? And I say all the time, man, you did go pro. You're a dentist. You did go pro. You're a dentist. And I think it's about time that we change the perspectives of those that follow us. And so I love you so much just for putting that so plainly. You know, sometimes people say, well, that sounds so simplistic, but we miss the other stuff. God wants us to know it's just that plain. I need to serve by loving your neighbor and simply helping one another. That's it. You have to be intentional about it. That's where the work comes in for me. Um, being so busy and, and being um, accessible to so many people, 
um, not only managing who has access to me, right, so that uh, they don't negatively impact my energy. So I, I have to be very intentional and um, be smart about who I have around me, um, especially when I'm moving uh, the way that I am. I know people can see me achieving success and going in a certain direction, and it's easy to um, get caught up in that, but you never know who's there just to advance themselves. Um, and I'm all for collaborating and things like that, but when it comes to just my personal peace and structure and being able to stay grounded and focused, that has a lot to do with who I keep around me, who I let get close to me. Right, we're back to that circle again. <laughs> yeah, I, I mentioned that earlier, like that, that circle in, in your network um, it's so important to separate, you know, those strict business relationships that are literally just transactional and then the relationships that you value the most, which help you grow um, as an adult, as a professional and personally. And so I just have to be intentional about focusing on that servant um, leadership aspect of bringing out the best in others as well, because it's, it's going to affect me positively regardless. You know what I mean? So in, in that aspect of it, it's, it's more about how can I help this person? And sometimes you can, um, which is what I mean by sometimes somebody is not a match for you and your vision and your lane. So we have to, you know, just be cognizant of that and just kind of rely on not only faith, but our common sense, um, paying attention to the energy and, and just, just being real with yourself and just kind of doing that gut check every, every now and then. I think that's so true. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, one of the biggest things I had to learn in servant leadership is that everything's not my assignment. And when I learned that, you know, we're burned out a lot of the times because that really, we didn't consult God on if that was what I was supposed to do. I have to stay in my spiritual lane. And so I think that's so huge in what you said, you know, and also being the, your own gatekeeper to your personal space. Everybody doesn't belong in there. Sometimes people just want to be in the know but they don't want to enhance. And so you have to be mindful, like you said, I think that's awesome, managing who has access to me. I think that's huge. Coach Wilkerson said down here, he's actually in a team meeting, but he said, um, I have two daughters and this mm -hmm. is a great word for me. It inspires me to see all you successful, motivated and strong black women. It's refreshing to know that my daughters have women that they can look up to and he thanks you so much. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> Yep. So at this time, you guys, I told you, I know we're, we're winding up on time. I just want to make sure that all hearts and minds are clear on you all's end um, before we kind of, okay, Coach Chris, let's go. Uh, I want to freestyle this one. I just wanted to hit the unmute. Um, this session is the one that I can relate to the most. So first of all, thank you for coming in and um, sharing your journey. But uh, I think what really hit was the uh, um, being in a male-dominated um, situation and uh, just pushing through it. Uh, that, that's pretty much my story. I, I've, I've been only female for, for years and, and still now. And what I tell my kids and you know young people that come and ask me questions is, you know, you're gonna be emotional you're gonna cry a lot. Uh, you're gonna have ups and downs, but if that's something that you really wanna do, stay persistent at it, you will learn. You'll learn the game. So I just wanna say um, thank you for, for pushing through that. Um, that's great. Uh, my question is, uh, when people have that background of you know, being genuine and being um, a minority woman and not getting that respect initially, what was the... Um, what was the time now from like when you were a player to a businesswoman now that you knew like, okay, I'm here, I made it, if you had that. Um, for, for example, um, uh, when I got the high school head coaching job, at previous before that, I was an AU coach and I wanted to be hated, I wanted to be talked about. It. So that's why I did it and they got me pretty good, girl. So, you know, uh, I got the high school job and I had a dream that I was going to win the league, the coach, and the player. And the best player had left that year. I just knew I had a pretty decent guard and a post player and I had a chip on my shoulder. So mm -hmm. I actually ended up getting everything that I said I would get. And then 
at the end, everybody pretty much gave me my respect and left me alone. So that's when <laughs> I feel like I made it. So I was just wondering if you had that from your transition to your, you know, your business now where you were like, okay, like I'm here. Right. Um, so I guess there, there's two different, so one of them would be going from, um, player to owner, right? Because, uh, a lot of the being young, uh, some of the ladies on my team or they end up playing on my team actually grew up playing with me or against me, a few of them. Um, so, uh, there was a challenge there with, uh, getting them to, to see me as their leader, their employer, in a sense, um, versus their teammate or their friend. Um, still friendly, but in that setting, you know, uh, some of them had a hard time adjusting to that switch. Mm -hmm. So uh, I say just being consistent and making sure that you kind of just don't change who you are and I, I really was consistent with um I'm, I'm a cool person but when it's time to handle business that that's a I have a whole different demeanor um in that way so I think just once they saw that it was consistent and that I was very serious about what I was saying and I don't I don't speak without action following it I'm not going to just blow smoke so once they saw that consistency and that reality um I, I had that uh, respect as a player, but now I have that respect as a leader and as a business owner. So we can be peers, we can be on the same page, but when it comes to this, this is my business, this is important, take it seriously. Um, that respect is there now. So I feel like that's that I made it part in, in that aspect. Um, but in the, uh, from the business side, um, from just sports agent, sports management, um, all of that, I would say the first two years were very trying and I still at times felt disrespected, whether it was um, from a colleague or just um, when I'm trying to handle business and, you know, just being spoken to inappropriately or something like that, uh, that assertiveness kicks in and <laughs> you just have to just make sure that they know. But, but the moment where I felt like I'm here, I have arrived and I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm here to do this. I'm just getting started. That's really how I feel, right? I'm just getting started. So, um, I have a lot to come, but I'm here. I've arrived. Um, I feel like that moment kind of happened for me last year um, when, not even when I got my WNBA certification, um, but more so when I just, when I launched Swag Sports and the amount of support that was around me. And it was shocking to me because when I had first started, I was so used to not having the support that I had developed um, mechanisms and just moved in a way that allowed me to um, still stand on my own two feet and just I was just conditioned like to not have the support because it wasn't happening but when I started to see the amount of support from men and women and just that mutual respect um, that's when I felt like okay now we're going now we're getting somewhere now we're getting somewhere but I continue to be a voice for female athletes, I continue to be a voice for women in sports and getting us more opportunities, more looks, bigger platforms. Um, and I think that the men around that I keep around now, um, whether they're mentors or just colleagues, can understand and respect that. Because once again, it's just the consistency of it. Um, I'm just very true to who I am. And I'm a ride for my women in sports because that's something I'm passionate about. And that's the area and the lane that I feel needs the most attention and work from me. So yeah, I would say last year when I launched Swag Sports and really saw like the feedback and the action behind it is when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm here y'all, it's time. <laughs> oh man, that, that's great. That, that's what I was expecting. Um, just before we close, well, I close out. I just wanna say, uh, I think, in this like profession, uh, women gotta have that small circle, and I do as well too. But um, I think I'm a really good judge of character. So just uh, listening to you speak right now, I just want to say like 
you 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 that businesswoman. So um, I'm gonna follow you after this and look forward to seeing what you are uh, gonna do in the future. So thank you, appreciate you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you, Coach Chris. A <laughs> uh, couple of things real quick. Uh, the same as Coach Wilkins said, Miss Cheryl's on the line as well, and she pulled in her 11-year-old uh, daughter to listen to you, and she basically said that everything that you said today was so invaluable to pour into her, and so thank you for that. Um, there is a question here um, from Facebook from Coach Christopher Neal. He actually is a head coach at Madison County High School doing great things where he is, actually went to uh, the state finals uh, this past year. And he asked a question for you. Um, he said, when you were younger, did you have a real life personal role model or was it someone on TV? And if so, who was it? Uh-oh, Shannon, you muted. Yeah. There you go. Um, so when I was younger, I'd say my biggest influence was my mom. Um, but as I started to navigate to the sports industry, um, I never really, I never really had, uh, one on TV, uh, from the sports aspect. I really, really loved Maya Moore, right? Growing up as an athlete, as a player, Maya Moore was it for me. Um, people like Lindsay Harding who are now, you can probably see the correlation there with them doing so much great work in the community and shattering uh, glass ceilings in the industry right now. Um, but yeah, those are, those are probably uh, the two women from an athlete perspective growing up that I felt I could relate the most to and I just followed them as I continued to get older. Um, and from a business standpoint, I have a lot of influence from Miss Penny Toller um, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She used to be the GM and executive VP for the LA Sparks. Um, so she's from DC and we kind of have that back home connection there. Um, but I got the chance to actually speak with her and I met her when I was 10, barely remember it, right? But it was the best memory I have um, of her and that kind of inspiration of seeing, hey, it's kind of what I'm doing for women now. If she can do it, um, if she can be a GM, if she can go from athlete to business, um, then I can do it. But I actually had the pleasure of speaking with her um, back in June, face to face, and she gave me so much encouragement and she just poured into me and, and really just validated everything that I had already believed. And that's really um, how God moves, you know, when you need that confirmation or uh, you're starting to doubt yourself or you're feeling like you're moving too slow. So I, I really would probably credit um, my aspirations and my resilience um, to Penny Toller because she she has shown so much tenacity um, and I had the chance to interview her and I just I just was so inspired by that. That's huge and the response pretty much was that's exactly what I wanted to hear <laughs> a real life role model first and you know that's kind of what he was getting at because Fortunately, in our line of work, you and I both know, and along with Coach Neal and many of the coaches on here, you know, a lot of times that role model, we try to be that because unfortunately their home lives don't provide that. So I thank you so much for sharing that. I think Coach G has something before we close out. On you, man. All right. Uh, how you doing? <clears throat> Hi. Uh, thanks for coming on. I told Chelsea I'm going to try to keep it to like a minute and 40 seconds. So my clock is running. It's, you know, life imitates art. Art imitates life, however you want to say it. But it's just funny how uh, things correlate in your personal life. When I get on here, we're talking about the same thing or vice versa. I was literally almost late for this meeting because I'm having a group chat with some of my buddies about how important your circle is. And then we get over here and we're discussing how important your circle is. Uh, and I won't get too deep off into that, but it's just touching on different things, how important it is. And I've been seeing a few people in the last couple of days on like Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and we're talking about impact and the impact that you have on others, whether it be older, younger kids, fellow colleagues and whatnot. 
never underestimate the impact that you have in the space that you're in, regardless of how far you think you are or how far you think you need to go. And, and just always basically carry yourself as such. And even when, basically in high school, everybody's like, well, I'm going to be a doctor, or I'm going to be a lawyer, whatever. It's, it's, that's what they thought I would be because I was smart. Mm-hmm. I always knew I wanted to coach because that's my, that's my outreach. That's my ministry. That's how I navigate. That's how I deal with people and dealing with kids. But funny thing is I coach boys. And I coach girls. So part of it is I'm trying to let you know that there are males who care about your growth and what you do on the court with, with the guys, but the girls also. We were talking about um, at a practice, like, do you know who this player is? Do you know who this coach is? And half of them are sitting there like, well, how do, how do you think you're going to do this if you don't pay attention to the ones that are doing it? You know, you want to. I want to play at South Carolina or UConn or Tennessee or whatever. I want to go play in the WNBA, but you don't know who these people are. So you might have role models and don't even know it because you're not paying attention to it. You're watching the guys, and that's fine, but, you know, pay attention to where you're trying to go to. But uh, I'm going to close it with this thought. I'm just genuinely happy to see people that I rock with succeed. Whether I'm coming up right now or not, like to see people around me that's doing the right thing and then when they break through even if I haven't it's like okay at least I know I got a chance because they're doing the right thing like at least that I'm trying to and it's working so you know be blessed thanks for coming on and keep that on the circle (laughs) thank you yeah I agree thank you coach G I think that was awesome you know um, my god brother was a part of a uh, mentoring group he got a scholarship I believe it was 100 black men and they say what you see is what you'll be what they see is what they'll be and mm-hmm. when you talk about impact coach G and you too Shannon I think that's the hugest thing you know impact can be negative or positive it's up to us what they what impact we display and I think that's so huge um there um somebody said the same thing great point coach G and see what you want to be coach G so you drop in uh gems yourself today uh, but I thank you guys just for for all of that. And one of the things for G and everybody else on the call, you know, it's one of the things I learned all the time when people, as you say, G, are on the come up or mm-hmm. people around you are being blessed. You know, my past always say, do you know, don't don't shine. It's not hurting us to celebrate other people around us in their success. Why? Because if God is blessing those that are around you, he's in the neighborhood. So celebrate hey. those because what's for you is for you. No one's going to, God's not going to take my blessings out of my box and throw it to Shannon. It's not mine. And just as I said today, if God don't want me to have it, I want it. You know, so I thank you so much for that. I'm so appreciative of everybody and everything. Shannon, you are amazing. I'm telling you right Uh, now, you know, speaking about giving flowers while they're here, celebrating people and their successes, you are amazing at everything that you're doing. Truly, truly amazing at everything that you're doing. And then the biggest thing is that remaining so humble. And that's why I love to have people on because I can read your bio. I can tell them who's coming up, but then they come on and you come on and you're so humble and so meek. And then you look and say, this person's doing all that and still meek. but there's a direct proportion. I'm a teacher. So it's directly proportional to the fact that you know who you serve and who you do it for. So God honors that. So I thank you so much just for being here. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say anything in closing you want to say. And then, uh, Minister Dennis, you know I'm coming to you. We'll close out in prayer after that. Okay, great. Um, I'm not going to hold you too much longer. I just wanted to thank everyone for your questions and your comments. I really appreciate it. Um, it's it, The journey continues. And, you know, one of the things, key, take, key takeaways in addition to your circle, I, you know, I want us to remember is being intentional with it uh, in every way we move. So, my, my resume can continue to grow and get longer and, and my portfolio will continue to expand, but um, being true to who I am is, I, I think, the key to, to me reaching that success and, and being real. So thank you guys so much. Um, and thank you, Chelsea, for having me. You are a gem. And of course, I'm gonna connect with you after this, but I appreciate you so much for all of that. Um, Really quickly, Minister Dennis, I want to make sure that we also, um, Brother Eric that was on yesterday, 
he's laying to rest his grandmother today. Um, so he couldn't be on, but as God would have mm-hmm. it, he messaged me saying, I hate I'm going to miss it, but this is what I'm doing. And I'm thinking, come on, man, you know, but I just love how God is, mm-hmm. how it would empower him enough for that. So we could pray for him. And also to say a special prayer for um, Coach Emily Gwynn, who is uh, on here as well. And, you know, her family member is having uh, a procedure today. And, uh, you know, you know how God will use you. So I'm going to stop after that. Yeah. Well, let us pray. And thank you for sharing those uh, specific prayer concerns. Uh, And thank you, Shannon, so much. Just awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bless you and we thank you today. We're so grateful, God, that your mercies are new every morning and that by these we're not consumed. Lord, I thank you for Shannon because what was resonating in my spirit today is the one attribute that every single disciple in the early church had, and that's boldness. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you would multiply the boldness in the lives of these, your servant leaders, that God, they would not be followers, but that they would be trailblazers. And so, Lord, we thank you for entrusting the bidding of the kingdom to us, to us, just ordinary people, ordinary preachers and coaches and business women in this case. And we just pray, Lord, that we would live our lives in a manner that would bring glory to the God that's been so gracious to us. Lord, we do lift up these specific concerns. We lift up uh, Coach Eric. We lift up his family in their hour of bereavement. Uh, we've all been there, Lord, and, and, and it's not easy. Uh, we pray the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that you would prop him up on every leaning side. We pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you would exchange his weakness for your strength. And that even in this God, that his light would so shine among men. We lift up, oh God, Coach uh, Emily and uh, the family member that's having a procedure. We know that there's yet a bomb in Gilead. We know that you are the great physician. And we pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you would guide the hand of the medical team and that God on the other side of bringing them out will remember the hour that we cried unto you. And we'll be careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord, I thank you. Uh, for Coach Chris, Lord, and the boldness that's beginning to rise within her. God, keep her under thy kind care. Anoint her. Order her steps, I pray. Lord, I lift up specifically Coach Huff and the great work that he's doing, not only in coaching circles, but Lord, looking to have the uncomfortable conversation about race and dialogue and how we can come together to make our communities better. And so Lord, bless them and strengthen them, oh God. Give them the boldness that we're praying for on today in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. And then Lord, we just pray God that you'd be gracious to us as we go from this place. Uh, uh, Coach Chelsea then, then cheated us only twice a week now. And we pray that you be with us, oh God, until we convene again. Lord, we love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And God's people said, thank God and amen. Thank God and amen. amen. Now y'all thank see God and have, amen. Now y'all see why I have him pray. Now listen, I've always been told that you don't laugh at prayer, but you had to go to... <laughs> No, I'm only teasing you. Trust me, I know, and I love. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you guys so much, Shannon. As you can tell, we're all friends and family here, and I thank you so much just for joining us. Come back anytime. Uh, anything that we can do, trust me. You know, we have your back, and our prayers are constantly with you and your 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 continuing success. I thank everybody on this call. We have an amazing lineup next week, so just stay tuned. If there's anything I can do for any of you all, just hit me up. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys next week. I'll definitely be back to tune in.